Welcome back to another episode of That's Entertaining. Tonight, joining us on the program is one Mr. Jason Lacey, whom you may recall from previous episodes of That's Entertaining. You may recall from the Holocron Council. You may recall from Play Some Video Games, the official podcast. You may recall from Flux Deposed or his many other myriad of podcast appearances. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Jason Lacey. Jason, thank you for joining us. Uh, yes, thank you. Po- Internet podcasts where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. You know, something like that. Something I'm like here. That. I'm here, though, and that's all that matters because it's it's the weekend. It's that's entertaining. It's like my second home. <laughs> You're home away from home. Yes. Yes. Well... Mr. Thank Lacey. you for having me here, first of all. No, thank, thank you. you for coming. But tell me, it's been a while. It's been a while. So what have you been entertained by? Oh, you know, it's been uh, it's been an interesting week. I would say what, uh, besides, you know, I've talked about games and stuff like that enough times here. I would say what's, gone, what's snabbed my interest uh, as of late. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy, I still enjoy Halt and Catch Fire. Um, season three of that is airing on AMC, so I am I am watching that. I'm a couple episodes behind, but most recently I discovered on Netflix uh, Last Chance You, one of their original series. It's a documentary um, profiles East Mississippi Community College, which is like one of the top uh, junior colleges, at least in terms of their football program in the nation. And it's like, like the premier destination for, you know, athletes that have either, you know, messed up in terms of conduct and behavior, and they're looking to get back into a top D1 program in football, or uh, maybe players that, you know, were really are really good athletes, but just academically aren't going to make it at the uh, premier school. So this is kind of their way to get their crap together, and then they can move on. It's, it's really interesting. Um, Kind of, you know, profiles the coach and some of the the staff there, but you know, a few of the key players as well. Um, if I remember right, from like the stat lines, they've had like like nine. Um, they have like it was it nine current or like maybe nine total. I can't remember. There's something they they've had the most of any program um, alumni in the NFL hmm. that have come through their their school. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I think there's season one on there, which is I think was it's only might be only six episodes, and I believe there is going to be a season two. Um, it's really cool. It's just really interesting to see like the inside of uh, you know a college football program, uh, and it, it starts with like each episode is basically um, one week. You know, it leads up to. Uh, X number of days before the game, and then it you know gives you like a snapshot of the game too, and usually the coach being really angry yeah, as, you can, <laughs> as you can imagine with 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 sports. But what was it uh, called? It's, 
Last Chance You. Last Chance You. Netflix original. Netflix original. I was going to ask that if that was an original or if that was something they picked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really enjoyable. I mean, other than that, I don't think uh, no other movies or anything like that I've watched as of late. Uh, we are going to go see the new Blair Witch movie tomorrow. So. Ah, the Blair Witch. We'll see how that how that goes. And beyond that, uh, this pumpkin ale by Dogfish Head is currently entertaining my taste buds. Ooh, very cool. I had a pumpkin beer later, later, earlier this evening. Um, I went to the pumpkin festival here in Morton, Illinois, ah. the pumpkin capital of the world. <laughs> Actually, it is. Um, and uh, so they have this pumpkin festival. This is the 50th year, oh, and wow. there was a... Um, a place they have a beer tent there, but there was another place that wasn't quite as populated, that uh, was just like off of the fairground kind of area, mm-hmm. and uh, there the, this restaurant that opened in January, but I haven't been there yet. It's a gastropub, so I wanted to always check it out. So we went in there. Uh, they carted you as soon as you got to the to the fence, and then put a little band on you, yeah. and. Uh, we went inside and checked out the menu and just checked out, you know, the stuff that's on, on tap inside. But outside they had a patio area that had, you know, your your your, your Bud Lights and whatever. But they also had pumpkin beers. So they had some from uh, different types of pumpkin places. I think I remember seeing the Dogfish Head on tap there, actually. Oh, nice. But I went with one that was called just Pumpkin or something like that. So I figure, hey, this is their brand. This is what they do. This is what I'll try. Right, right. It wasn't bad. It's okay. Uh, I've had bad experiences in the past with pumpkin nails. I tell you what. Yeah. First oh, one, yeah. First one I tried, just I bought a six-pack of, and I drank one. And I was like, ugh, and just gave it away. Uh, second one, I was like, you know what? Maybe I just had a bad one, tried a different, you know, a different brewer, and same thing. It's just like, I this just must not be for me. I love pumpkin stuff. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I love a good pumpkin spiced latte or whatever and you know i I, pumpkin pie and pumpkin ice cream and i'll take pumpkin in anything but evidently not beer but tonight was the first one that i tried that i actually kind of liked a little bit yeah but at the same time it was also the first one i tried that was on draft so correlation possible but ah yeah yeah yeah, it, it can be really hit and miss. Um, yeah, Dogfish's Pumpkin Ale is one I, I really enjoy. And I don't know, does, uh, from Michigan, does New Holland, do they distribute down to your area? We get, all? yeah, we get like Mad Hatter and stuff like that from um, from from them, right? That's New Holland, right? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, they're pretty, pretty regularly circulated down here for the bottling. I don't think many places have them on draft. no. But when I was their, up there, their Ichabod is one of my favorites, um, and it's not—it's not really—it's not very heavy on pumpkin at all, but it's real more heavier on like the spice, so you get much more of like a, um, a little bit of cinnamon, um, like a nutmeg, kind of, and it, you don't get that pumpkin taste, but more of like the spice side of things, and that's. One of my favorite uh, fall ales that I, I like to enjoy. I did have, uh, I do have another one that I picked up at the bottle shop from um, Ballast Point, and it's called Pumpkin Down, and it's a pumpkin, uh, pumpkin and scotch. Uh, excuse me, pumpkin and Scottish ale. Oh, I was gonna say blend, pumpkin so. and scotch does not. <laughs> no, don't do no. it. So, but yeah, I, I agree. Pumpkin is very hit and miss. I know there's some people that really don't care for it. Um, I, I. After, you know, I, I dabble with homebrewing. I'm not really regular anymore with it. Um, but uh, 
I have finally given up the hopes of ever brewing a pumpkin ale because after like three years in a row of failure, I just I just don't do it anymore. No matter the every time the batch gets screwed up in some different way, it's just so disappointing. You hung up the old pumpkin carving knife. Yeah, in that regards. Now I just do pumpkin carving. I love pumpkin carving. So much fun. I, I always want to get into the, like, the shaving and scraping aspect of it, but I just don't know where to begin, you know? You begin by Googling pumpkin shaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done some good ones over the years, though. I've, done, I've had a Chewbacca, a Yoda. Really? Wow. Uh, Eddie from Iron Maiden. I did a Cthulhu. And what was I did one other one. I did a Castle Crasher. That was like one of my first ones I did when I started getting a little more intricate. And what was my there's one I'm missing that turned out pretty good. Oh, Wario. Mario. I'm a gun of wind. I think that's Waluigi, but yeah, you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> was that Ray Romano? Dead <laughs> <laughs> Rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Um question. What else has been entertaining you, Nathan? Well, before before we go into me, let me let me Ooh. ask a question of you, good sir. Ooh. As of late, there have been there was a release of a game that is play anywhere, and that means that you could play it on Xbox or you could play it on PC. And you, good sir, are my brother from another mother, and play on PC. Mm. I play on Xbox. There's a game that just came out called Recore. I don't know if there's multiplayer in it, but the ah. first of this genre or era, we could call it. Are you interested in playing a game uh, on PC with with people on console? Like, let's say Forza is coming out uh, pretty soon. I think next week or the week after Forza Horizon Three. Would you be interested in playing a game like that with people from a console? I'm interested just to see how it works from a technical standpoint and to see how you know fluid the experience is i think it's i mean i'm sure it's going to hold up but i mean let's face it most of the people i at least engage with on a regular basis online are all console players so i don't mm-hmm. play i don't play anything with them so yeah when gears of war 4 comes around if, if a lot of them are playing that you could hop into there yeah too. that'll be That'd be cool. I've I've played all the gears, uh, unfort well except uh, Judgment. Unfortunately, like Gears Three, I still haven't even touched the single player campaign. That was strictly just oh, gotta get the multiplayer, and <laughs> that's what we did. But uh, Gears was always fun. Like great fun on Xbox doing you know the co op campaigns and everything with it. Yeah, cool. But yeah, I I think it's I'm definitely looking forward to you know having I'm like. It just seems right, you know. It seems like now technology, especially now with the way consoles are headed, they're in terms of hardware and power, they're getting closer and closer to PCs. Anyway, you know that technology is starting to level a little bit, so it's cool that you know we we have that functionality now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what it really brings and being able to play with people like you, who you know we we've played before on PC, but I'm just I'm not a PC guy. I just right. I, I don't like to sit in my PC and play games. It's just a weird. It's a personal preference thing, um, but I think it'd be really cool to be able to do like the voice chatting and everything from Xbox to PC. So I'm really looking forward to checking that out one of these days uh, with you, good sir. That's me. 
So as far as my entertaining things, um, not a ton for obviously the Forza Horizon 3 beta. Played a little bit of that. Played a game called Perfect Woman for PlaySomeVideoGames.com. Oh gosh, you did get that? Oh no. Yes. Oh no. I uh, oh, no. Made, a, made a comment to our, our Play Some Video Games uh, crew and I was like, hey guys, check this game out. You know, kind of off-sided. And I was just like... Uh, what was it? I think Kyle said, oh, man, you should review that. And then he was like, he was going to buy it for me. But I was like, no, nah, I mean, yeah, I would have taken the assignment if it was an actual proper review. But we didn't get one too bad. Like five hours later, Kyle or Kevin's like, hey, uh, guess what? Got you a review copy. Like, Dang it. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I I've, been, I've, it. I've been inactive on the chat a bit this week and this weekend. And so I totally didn't get to see that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So played through that uh, interesting little game. You can read my full review over at PlaySomeVideoGames.com. Um, suffice to say, it's they only charge nine dollars for it on the Xbox Store, and that's nine dollars too many. <laughs> so anyway, go check out my full review on PlaySomeVideoGames.com. And I did watch a movie last night actually with my wife. Ooh. We we watched a movie, I think it was called You Before Me. Oh, okay. Um, kind of one of those romantic-ish movies. Um, not a comedy or anything, really, but it was definitely like a romantic type movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it was great acting all around, actually really good storytelling as well. And I was impressed, uh, honestly, by some of what I saw on the screen. There was a lot of uh, actors that I was familiar with from, like, Downton Abbey and other things. But it was actually a good story, and I would recommend it if you want a good movie to watch with your wife, Jason. Oh. Other than that. um, Not much. Honestly, it's been it's been one of those weeks where it's been busy and I haven't had a chance to watch much except for our main discussion point. So if you are ready, sir, we can dive right into our entertaining thoughts. I, I do I do have a question for you Ooh, before we do. Have yes. you watched have you watched any of the this the oh I wanna say isn't it go rogue, I think the Star War the Rogue One like stop motion promo video to go along with the new to- like the toy launch? I haven't. I've seen that they're doing it. I, I'm leery of it. Do, do I want? Should I? It, it's pretty funny. It's pretty okay. awesome. If you like, if you like robot chicken uh-huh. in any way, I mean, it's not. It's not going to be as lewd as robot chicken anyway. But it's just, it's just nice to see because they, they bring in a variety of, of, of figures. Like the one that plays uh, Krennic is like one of the the Funkos. <laughs> so he's he's on the base. So when he walks, he wobbles. And then there's a mix of action figures. And there's from like the stormtroopers. There's little Lego minifigs. There's the actual action figures. There's giant sized ones. It's just it's all over the place. But it, it's I was surprised too because I, I at first I thought oh it's just uh you know promo for the toys whatever. But then I actually watched the first episode. I was like oh this is pretty funny actually. And I think there's three, out now. I want to say, but it, it it's pretty good. You should check it out. I will. I will. How is it on YouTube? Yeah, it's on their um, YouTube channel. Okay. I try to watch. I've been watching that. And I usually check out the Star Wars show every week now too. I got kind of sucked into that, and yeah, it's good stuff. You know, it's it's odd. It's weird because I haven't really ever since the Force Awakens came out, and kind of we went through that. You know the the reception time afterwards and everything. And I love the movie, and I love Star Wars absolutely. 
but I've kind of gone through a period where subconsciously I just haven't been taking in anything outside of uh, the trailers really for Rogue mm-hmm. One. I haven't really there's I haven't listened to a single Star Wars podcast uh, in months. Yeah, I don't do that anymore either. I just yeah. don't have the time. I did pick up uh, Life Debt. But how, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Cr- I haven't cracked the book yet. Okay, I have it as an audio book, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Oh, okay, very good. Oh, that reminds me, I did um, finally read um, Kanan, Volume One. Oh, great story. Yeah, I've got Volume Two on the way. I just need to pick it up. So, uh, yeah, really, really good, really good, really good. I think there should be some Vader compilations coming out soon for the storyline there. That's wrapping up in in the printed form unless it already has so that should be available in trade as well soon um yeah i'm i'm also behind on my on my comics it's been like at least four months of backlog oh, that no. i haven't caught up yet with oh yeah um, well i've got even more than i've got just a bunch one from when i was still getting them monthly that i didn't touch and they're just there's a pile up in my living room and there's a bunch down here at my desk that i just haven't even for whatever reason, I don't know. But I usually go on a binge anyway. I, like one day, I'm like, okay, let's read these, and I'll pick up, you know, six or seven issues and just go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I still want to get through them and read them, but I don't know what it is. It's just the book or the books rather have kind of piled up as well. The the comics have kind of piled up. So this is all canon material. I just, I just don't know. I. There's something about, like, I'm so satisfied with with Star Wars right now. You know, I just am so satisfied with Episode Seven, um, mm-hmm. my interpretations of it, my thoughts on what's going to come and happen next. I don't want anybody else's thoughts really in there. Um, the comics, I'm fine with, you know, reading them, but I just haven't had a chance to. So I think subconsciously it's kind of pushing back and just waiting for Rogue One, I think, to, to really come out. Like, I don't even care that at the end of the month the figures are coming out for Rogue One. It is definitely not the fervor that we had for Episode 7, as far as that goes, for me, personally. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm super stoked. Don't get me wrong, super stoked for Rogue One and for Star Wars. Still, I just don't know what's going on. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I... I I don't... uh, I'm trying to keep pretty level-headed. I've got... I've already got, you know, the Nintendo being a piece of crap and dragging out the whole NX stuff. <laughs> so that hype train's already getting derailed. So I got to keep things rolling, at least for real going. Someone did uh, tweet at me the other day because, you know, Target's got the whole, like part of the whole, you know, um, the whole animated thing was came up because, you know, Target's got all this new uh, merchandise coming, I think, September 30th. Mm-hmm. And they tweeted at me. It was... Uh, they're selling. I'm sure it's kids' size only, of course, but it's the 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 Death Trooper Stormtrooper helmet, and they're selling those. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, I'm actually pretty excited to see what they do with the Death Trooper armor and how they mold that into the story. Yeah. Now this is interesting. I just happened to be on Target's page. They do have. Um, it's an $80 Star Wars Black Series, which you know I'm, I'm familiar with their figures, but apparently they do helmets in the Black Series as well. Star Wars Black Series Imperial Stormtrooper Electronic Voice Changer Helmet. Unfortunately, you know, I have a dream that one day I will own 501st approved Stormtrooper armor. Hmm. That's, like, been my pipe dream for about 
10 years now. And that that ship's probably honestly sailed because now I'm at the point in life where I have to be really responsible with my money and I can't just, <laughs> you know, throw it away. But uh, this is probably the closest I'll ever get. <laughs> yeah. Anovos is a good site for oh, that kind I know. Of stuff. I was so tempted when that first launched and because uh, they were doing that discount, you know, that early bird buy-in where mm-hmm. you could get a really good deal on it. But because um, I know I know some people um, over I live in the east side of the state over in Detroit that are friends with some 501st people um, across the state. So if I was ever interested, they could like at least hook me up with resources and stuff. And like one day in my neighborhood, I was I was I think we were walking our dog and this van rolled up and they had the 501st. Um, Gar- our local garrison here in, in West Michigan is called the Great Lakes Garrison, and the it's like a snowflakey approach to like the Imperial logo. That's their the, the design for it. I, I was like, okay, it'd probably be kind of creepy if I just walked up and said, "Hey, I noticed that you have this Great Lakes Garrison sticker on your van. Do you have a moment to talk to me about our Savior Star Wars?" That's <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, all right, all right, I. I, I digress, though. I, I've much tangented our podcast. I it's mean, people. Okay. I, I already prefaced before the show that this is what people should expect. So, Star Wars. Yes. I mean, I'm just giving them what they what they needed. Yes. Which I, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm fine with talking Star Wars. You know that I will talk Star Wars until I'm blue in the face if you help, if you let me. However, however, we we must continue on. And you know, I've had some feedback, some comments on our entertaining thoughts for the the Cumber Block. As I've come to call it, what we're talking Sherlock, you know, we're talking the BBC series. Some mm. people have come back and said, you know, this isn't their cup of tea. They're kind of skipping these. Oh, man. I I, uh, I had a coworker. The whole reason I even discovered Sherlock, I had a coworker at my last job, and she was always like, you guys, you need to watch Sherlock. And I, and I was like, oh, you know, I've had it in my queue for a while. I'll get to it. And I'm like... I just don't know. She's like, no, you have to. And then finally, like one night, it's like, hey, Jess, there's the Sherlock thing on Netflix. You know, it's she, it, first of all, how I sold Jess, she likes anything British anyway. I'm like, it's BBC. It's British. You know, you know, want to check it out. She's like, yeah. And then we, you know, the rest is history. So I was hesitant, too. But I, good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good. So join me, Jason. Join me, dear listener, as we venture to our entertaining thoughts on 221B Baker Street. This week... It is the Hounds of Baskerville. Yes. Now, and I said this last week that I thought that, re- recalling this episode, that it was an episode that I wasn't really too enthralled with, um, that I remember it just kind of being blah, but I actually liked it a lot better watching it this time than I remember liking it before. So that's a plus. Yeah, um, good. What did you think of this episode, Jason? Um, You know, I... I liked it going back um, the first time we watched it because I like how, you know, I'm not too familiar with a lot of the original stories of Sherlock Holmes, but you've always heard, you know, the Hounds of Baskerville. That was always one I had, I had heard the name of before. So it's nice to, it's always cool to see how they modernize this with like a myth of episode like that. 
and um, I actually we, we rewatched it today. And this was my wife's. This is my wife's favorite. Um, she thinks just because it's so different than a lot of the other episodes um, in terms of like I'm sure in setting, but just of what the subject matter is as well. And I really enjoy this um, this episode as well. Especially, it just reminds me. I, I thought to myself the way it, it opens with that, you know, that the almost like it, the, you know the kind of the cliff scene. You know, got this feel with the large rocks and everything like that. It reminds me so much. Of, are you familiar? It's a French film, uh, probably released in two thousand one, maybe two thousand two. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm, no. <laughs> very similar intro where you have like that same type of setting and then there's this woman like viciously attacked by this beast it's that movie that movie itself is set in like the 17 or maybe 1800s and there's like there's this this beast creature whatever that's killing people so they they bring in this inspector and his assistant to investigate and there's a lot more going on it's actually it wasn't it's not a great film but it had this this awesome scenery and there's this one specific fight scene where um because the 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 one main character is dressed very similar it's like a highwayman um uniform outfit very similar to like what you see in in the fable games you know with the tri-cornered hat and the high collared uh jacket and there's just this awesome fight scene in the rain involving that. And we had always, my friends and I in high school at the time had always seen that trailer. Like, we have to see this movie. Little did we know that it was a foreign film and in subtitles. But very much a callback to that. I just got this really sense of deja vu. But I like the, I like the, all the twists on it. And I just, it just never fails to amaze me, like, how much of an a-hole Sherlock can be. <laughs> just in how he treats what people, normal people. Well, isn't that the British way, I guess? I mean, House, he's British, and he's kind of a little the exactly. same way. <laughs> it has to be. I'm assuming if I go to Britain, everything is just going to be like this. It's, everyone is going to be... Well, let's, let's face it, guys. The colonies didn't <laughs> agree with we brought some this on ourselves <laughs> with some of the assessments of the of the British uh, Empire. So obviously they decided to to separate hundred two hundred fifty. How many years ago now? Uh, I'd have to do a math. Do math. I've been over two hundred years ago. <laughs> so it's uh it's about time for them to be a little, little upset with us. I understand that. So uh, that's okay this time. However. Yeah, I love the characterization of Sherlock. And since this is the first time that you've been on the Cumber Block, the Cumber uh, Block, I would like to ask your opinion on the Sherlock representation of Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, oddly enough, this was my uh, introduction to him as an actor as well. You know, I was very much familiar with the Cumberbatch, but I never witnessed him. Um, you know, personally, same thing with Martin Freeman. You know, the only thing I had seen him in. Uh, prior to this would have been uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I, I guess technically Love Actually, uh, which is one of my wife's favorite movies. Um, so it, that was like my introduction to really them and you know more of mainstream roles, and um, I really enjoy both of those actors. But um, I really, really like the portrayal. I think it's probably my 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 favorite. I mean, I, I really loved what they had done with Robert Downey Jr. in those films, but I like Cumberbatch more. I just really like um, 
the presence he carries. And I just love how they showcase his thought process or his, how he does things or even just like, you'll see it throughout the film, the, the show, um, not just related to him, but how they, how they insert details that they want you to keep uh, a point of, like maybe even if it's just like the, the timer on a clock, how it's like inserted into the, the foreground or the background in different parts of the, the scene. I think that's just a cool, cool touch on everything. And I, I just think the whole, the way the modernization of it all works, I just think it, I think it, it just fits really well. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I think if it wasn't the, the, the contradictions and conflicts and camaraderie between uh, Watson and Holmes, you know, that that's, I, I think they did a really good job. I think for me, it, it nailed it. And I mean, it's do a lot of times when they, you do like a, a modernization of such a, 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 some sort of media that's set in a specific period, it just doesn't work. But in this, I, I really think it does. I really, really happy with how it, how it's portrayed. Yeah. And I think that, it's really well done too when they take the things like when he's when he's contemplating something or he's thinking about something like in this episode, he went into his mind palace and the way that they can <laughs> my mind palace. I must go to my mind palace. I don't even know what that was like in Tony Banderas. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, it was. I must I must go to my mind palace. Um, <laughs> can you imagine Antonio Banderas with Sherlock? Oh God! Come with me, <laughs> Mosa me. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, it's just really cool how they take it and they kind of represent how he's thinking about something, how he's going through his process, how he's, uh, you know, trying to zero in on what he's looking for. And I think it's really well done. And they've done this before a few times too, but really more in depth this time with, with the displays of it. And also, as you said, the modernization using the mobile cell phones and, how they kind of interplay that in, you know, with the text on screen. This was the first mm-hmm. show, uh, on the you know, the first episode that I ever saw of Sherlock was the first time I ever really saw this way to represent cell phone, you know, going back and forth. Uh, before, it was always kind of like a over-the-shoulder kind of looking at the cell phone screen to, yeah. to tell you what it was up, and then this time it was just like text on screen. It's like, this is brilliant. This is perfect. So I like that modernization that they bring to this too, and obviously they it's that seems to be a focal thing on on this modern Sherlock uh, is every time in every episode there there is a text somewhere along the way, and sometimes it's integral to the plot, sometimes it's not, but it's represented really well across the board. So with the Hounds of Baskerville, and the whole plot of what we find out, we find out that. There was never really a hound of Baskerville uh, that was kind of a, a made-up thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to capitalize on it, some people had this dog, and they made it, they overfed it to make it big, um, which doesn't, I don't know, that isn't really... I could see someone doing something like that, you know, but I just don't think that that would actually ever fly, because especially in this modern era, people would see that it's just dog, right? I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. To take a treat and be like, oh, sit for a treat. But, I mean, you never know how, how the dog is actually, how feral it might be or whatever. But So there was never actually a hound. It was just this this poison, not poison, just this gas, right, that affected what they saw. Yeah. And then what they expected to see is what they saw. Dr. Crane was involved with this, clearly. Dr. Crane. Yes, he was. This the, His fear toxin. He said it would take you places. They weren't necessarily places that you wanted to go. 
Um, with this episode, I did like how, and I thought it was hilarious, especially when they, they kind of went back from Sherlock's perspective, at when Watson was in the lab by himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's just going around and that whole scene. And then later you see Sherlock's perspective of him just watching him. And just yeah, like, playing oh. those sound effects on his uh-huh. cell phone. <laughs> it was hilarious. And I love the writing of this show. There's little things that if you don't pay attention to it, you'll miss that are brilliant pieces of writing. Um, that I really enjoy, like you know, little quips between Sherlock and and Watson and things like that. Um, but in this episode, I mean, you and I, I say the strongest episodes are ones that have good inter- interplay between the main characters for sure, between Watson and Holmes, and you had that here, and you also had Lestrade being a another factor in this one. Yeah, and you had Minecraft be a sm- a small factor in this one. Not he wasn't really too big, but he was he was on screen, and. You also had a glimpse of Moriarty. So when you bring in all those main characters and have them in, usually that's a when you are able to bring them all together, that makes a good viewing experience in my mm-hmm. book from what I've what I've seen so far. To you, what makes a good episode? Because up until this point, this is the second season. This is the second episode of the second season, which overall is the fifth episode. So in my opinion, up until this point of the five episodes, the worst one is the second one overall, which doesn't have a lot of that interplay. Lestrade is completely gone. I think Minecraft is completely gone in that second episode. Which is, what makes a good episode to you? Why does it speak well to you? Um, for me, a lot has to do with just the, the specific plot of the episode and what's the quote-unquote case they're working you know and what what those details entail um that's always been kind of important but um you know what we see often in this series too especially with the the series finales of each of each season is they often always end on this a cliffhanger um as well and so i like how that's done with this series but um I guess for me, there's not really one specific like point I can make here. It's just it all they all just kind of glump together into like the overall total experience for me. Um, I mean, because there's definitely uh, some episodes are the the story is definitely not so much the story, but I guess the the plot is a lot stronger than others you know and the what they're the what the the twists and turns along the way are definitely a lot more more fitting um i guess for me a lot is like i really like to see sherlock struggle a bit but at the same time i also like to see him when he's the most eccentric as well um it's really man this is a lot a little more difficult for me to answer than i than i would I would think to really give a, a definite answer. I feel like this is a lot of generaliz- generalization on my part, but hmm, it's I'll okay. have to pon- I'll have to ponder. But go to your I mind mean, palace, Jason. <laughs> yes, I need silence. Come back to me in thirty minutes. <laughs> we may not be here in thirty oh. minutes. <laughs> well, crap. That's okay. I mean, it's it's different for everybody. In, in yeah. what it happens and just you know for me i've just kind of quantified that it has it's got to be with those characters when they're all together and able to interplay if they're if any of those characters are absent it seems to 
you know, just not really work so well. So yeah, and there's it's just there's really good support from all fronts, from you know from Mrs. Hudson all the way up to to you know, like you said Lestrade, and then Mike Mycroft, and I mean it all it all works so well. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of this story for the the Hounds of Baskerville overall? You know, um. I knew I, I moderately liked it, but yeah, like I said, after going back and watching it again today, I, I really enjoyed this one. I like the, you know, first of all, I've always liked, like, you know, I, I always like X-Files, so I've always liked that, you know, the slightly fantastical, this there's going to be some creature, the creature feature, you know, I'm like, oh, there's going to be, yes, we're going to see some crazy mythological stuff going on, and then, you know, no, we don't get that, but then we get Oh, military testing. We get uh, crazy toxic gas. We get landmines. You know, um, all. But all in all, I do. I do like this episode. I really like how it it plays out and how you know what we think is going to be this beast is really just just a, just a pup. You know, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But it's just. It, I like the twists and turns. I like how. You know, and again, we see we see Sherlock setting up Watson for his own means to test some, you know, uh-huh. some theory. But to, it's clearly to the benefit of the audience. And I also just like this episode because, you know, it is, you know, we're, we're out of London. You know, it's like this more of a little sleepy, sleepy village. And, you know, they're staying at this little little inn or whatever. And, you know, and they're hanging out, having a couple, having some beers and solving crimes, you know, mm-hmm. not really crimes, but... It's just, uh, it's just interesting. It, oh, t- total! T- don't you totally get a psychomantis vibe from that gas mask? <laughs> you know what? Now that you say it, yeah, a little bit. The old school gas mask with a little like the big beady, or not beady, but the big you know eye socket yeah. things. Yeah. It was, it was a good episode. I I agree that it was, you know. Uh, it was better than I remember it being for some reason. I wasn't enthralled with it from, mm-hmm. like I said, my initial uh, remembrance. However, this was yeah. better than I anticipated it being. Yeah. And, yeah, I think, like you said, you know, you get out of London, you're able to, to kind of breathe a little bit and just kind of get a different scene. It's it's good. And I also liked how, you know, in this episode, Sherlock was a little more thinking on his feet a couple times, mm-hmm. especially, like, when he was trying to get the, the guy that has, quote-unquote, seen the beast to kind of tell yeah. him his story and like oh i i 50 quid bets off I'm like what what i mean it's kind of funny how that actually worked but it was right. it was great you know thinking and again showing the camaraderie be- between the two characters so overall good episode story to- storytelling was great and it was well done i mean uh, I wouldn't put this as my favorite for sure, but it's probably you know mm-hmm. three or four so far for me in the in the rankings. Um, what about? I think you're missing the one of the key points of this episode, the glow in the dark rabbit. So that was actually kind of funny because <laughs> they they used a little uh, feature that they used before with you know him passing on doing a case and bringing it back up like you what is this is again like part of that so it's actually really cool that the the glowing bunny was hilarious <laughs> but yeah i mean you know there was a lot of characters actually in this one too like the different scientists that were introduced and things mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's yeah, good show and if 
if you guys listening haven't had a chance or just still think that you don't want to watch Sherlock, I understand it's not for everybody. Yeah. And uh, if, like I said, if the first episode doesn't hook you, you'll probably not really enjoy uh, the ride. And that's unfortunate because I personally think that this is among the best television storytelling so far. Um, I mean, especially if you're looking for a mystery type storytelling. Yeah. There's so many procedural you know, police crime dramas. I can't even count. You know, there's there's Law and Order. There's Law and Order SVU. There's Law and Order CSI. There's Law and Order blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then there's all the CSIs and the NCISs and the HUVs and whatever. But this is Sherlock. And it's Sherlock told in a modern setting. And it's really uh, a good way to tell it. And I like it. What is your whole thoughts on, like, how do you like the episode um, format? Because I, I was talking with Lucas right before I came on, and he's, I think he's still in, in season one. But, um, oh, Lucas will never get through season one, <laughs> three. He watches things <laughs> specifically with, with the length, because I feel like there's some episodes, like, I don't even notice that it's an hour long. You know, it's just like watching a, and, you know, in, in British series are, are more of this route, you know, longer episodes, shorter seasons. And, uh, you know, the finer episodes, I, I don't even notice it. But sometimes if it's an episode I'm not into, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. The second episode was like that for me, for sure. The Blind Banker, not yeah. an episode. And it, it, I feel like you almost have to, like, take do it in chunks, which I don't always like to do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess that's the only bad part. Like, when, when Jess and I decided to, to binge this a little bit, because, like, one day we watched three, we watched, like, an entire season in one day. And I'm like, oh, there went, you know. Uh, four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I personally like the, I like the format. I like the, it's kind of like a whole movie, like being told to you just in uninterrupted form, right? Because I don't think BBC has commercials either because it just, this flows really well. But watching it on Netflix is perfect because you can just kind of watch it like a whole film. And honestly, some of them are as good as a feature-length movie as far as the storytelling and acting and everything goes. And I prefer some of these episodes to some movies that I've seen. So I like the storytelling method. I like the the long form. It lets them tell the complete story that they want to without having to cut too much or feel like it was fluffed out too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's really well done, and I prefer that, quite honestly. Uh, I, I like quality over quantity, and however they want to make it, however long it wants to be, is fine with me. And however many episodes, whether it be three or 20, I just want a good story, and I don't want fluff. And yeah. so far, that's kind of what they do with the, with the a lot of the British shows. What is your, what's your timeline here? So... You're going through all of all of Sherlock and then into what comes next? So we're going through all of Sherlock for the BBC series, and then we're completing the Cumber Block with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. When does that release? It's in November or something early. Oh, November. wow. Okay. I wasn't completely aware of that. Awesome. When are you uh, – will you be doing Luke Cage at all? And that's entertaining. It is on as – to quote the great Jason Lacey, it is on the docket. Um, I'm not sure when. Um, um, actually, um, since you use that and without written permission, I'm going to have to ask for some copyright uh, claiming on that. I mean, it was on the rocket. Oh, there you go. All right. You're good. 
I must. I clearly I must. Uh, I must misheard you. I'm Obviously, sorry. sorry about that. Um, but yeah, Luke Cage. When does that come out? I know people have seen the first seven episodes ah. and are kind of talking about it already. Yeah, because I know some of the press got uh, early release or whatever on it. Um, September. What is it? What is it? Uh, I thought I had it. Um, da, 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 da. Come on. Wow, I'm failing at Google. It's okay. Release uh, September 30th, so the end of the month. So most Ooh, likely. It's going to be an ultra HD 4K. Uh, I guess I got to get a 4K TV for Luke Cage. Yeah. No way around it. Can't avoid it. Now you can argue to all the PSVG guys. I'm like, see, I got a reason to now. Get, <laughs> get off me. <laughs> Luke Cage, he's he's the best guy. To, you know, He's the hired mark. He needs 4K. Or just do this. Jason can't do it, and I'm doing it for him. <laughs> uh, Hashtag do it for Jason. Do it for Jason. I, You know, I would love to do it for you, Jason. However, <laughs> I think my wife would say, nah. Just show her the hashtag. Oh, well, of course, there's a hashtag. <laughs> totally, will totally clear things up for you. Guarantee uh, it. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Bulletproof, uh, bulletproof, sir. Yep. So that anything, anything final thoughts? That's pretty much all I have to say about this episode. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think this is a good episode. I don't. Um, it's been a long time since we've watched. It's been um, a long time. <laughs> the other episode, so I can't, I can't quite comment like how it if it where it builds at from the first episode of the season. Um, but next to, uh, I mean, clearly my favorites are, are, are things um, involving Moriarty in this because he's just, the guy that plays him is just awesome. Um, and I love that conflict that builds from it all. But this is, this is a good episode. It's just enough. It's just different enough from everything else that we've seen. And I think, I just think it's a, it, it does a, it's a good, a good story. Agreed. Well, that does it for our entertaining thoughts for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find Jason on Twitter at JW Lacey, L-A-C-Y. And you can find his podcast at Fluxdeposed, like juxtaposed, but with an FL instead. <laughs> and you can actually find his podcast if you search for Fluxdeposed on the different podcast feed and providers. And we thank you, Jason, for joining us. You can oh, find thank you. You can find me. I, I'm on the Twitter. I'm at Voiced by Nathan. Yes, that's right. At Voiced by Nathan. No longer. I, I already missed that Sith Nightmare. S I T H K N I G H T M A R E. And that's why I changed it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I recently changed my Twitter, so it is now voiced by Nathan. So come over, say hello to me over there. The show is at Entertaining Pod, and obviously you found the show on iTunes or wherever by searching for That's Entertaining. So we thank you for searching for us, first off. Yay! Yay. And next week we will be talking again, Sherlock. No, uh, no surprise there. And it is the third episode of season two, so it is the season finale, and it is called, I think, the Rheinbach Fall or something like that. So I am very excited to discuss this one because this is a good one. It is a good one, uh, and uh, as it seems to be, you know, the the season openers and the enders are usually the best. So I'm, I'm super excited because it's been a long time since I've watched this episode too. And I really want to watch it again. So look forward to that 
next week. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. Jason, thank you again for joining. Oh, anytime. It's always it's always a blast to come on. That's entertaining. Ah, it's always a blast to have Share you some here. entertaining thoughts. <laughs> entertaining thoughts. We talked some Star Wars. You know, we didn't go off the rails too bad. Not too bad. I mean, the worst, we didn't do any Emperor voices, so I mean... It is not too late for that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of set us up on that. <laughs> uh, hey, we even got a little bit of a Holocron Council kind of touch tone going on at the oh, end of the show. Oh, man. So. <laughs> Uh, I always said to myself I would never start something and let it die, but uh, apparently Holocron Council was that thing. Hashtag long live Holocron Council. <laughs> yep. Forever in our hearts. Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained. <laughs>